everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 11 and 12 of My Country, The New Age. And I didn't check, but I would guess this is the finale. It's all over. We're done. Yeah, it feels like a finale, right? Like, we don't need to say anymore or do anything else. Everything's good. Everyone survived. None of our favorite characters died, except a lot of other people died. And actually, I am there. We have a lot to unpack from these episodes, like a finale. Like a finale, yeah. Sun Sunno maybe died, but wow, what a powerful line for the physician to say. Mm, he's gonna survive that wound. <laughs> what? Just a quick scan, a quick eye scan, and we're good. I, uh, th- this is pre, very, very pre-modern medicine, but we've seen everyone get stabbed at this point, and so far. Very few people have not survived a stabbing. Um, Hui has survived a permanent poisoning. They said Hui's too powerful. He has to be poisoned forever now. because Also, he's going to be addicted to drugs. That's going to be part of his character development. Oh, good. No, nobody wanted that. <laughs> nobody, we don't want that. Take that back. They said, we made this character too powerful. How can we make him unpowerful so that... He can't just take over the entirety of the country himself. Poison him. Give him poison. a poison and then give him addiction. I love it because it's in the context of a TV show that's so completely buck wild that they're like, yes, it hinders him in situations where it would be interesting to hinder him. But for the most part, he can do literally everything that he did before he was poisoned. Yes, it's only conveniently occasionally that he cannot do those things. And then we talk about it, and then he goes to war for hours, just battle upon battle, shooting people, killing, fighting. But he could only do that for a second earlier before he collapsed, which would be believable if there was something in there where he was recovering from the illness somehow. But it's been a couple years, and it seems like it's sticking around. I don't think he's getting better from this one. Kind of seems like he's getting worse. And I feel like there would have been something to say, maybe if there was a little scene of him taking drugs before he went into this massacre that happened, where it's like, this is really dangerous what he's doing. I don't know. I don't... I'm averse to seeing drugs on screen. It's just not my vibe, but I think it would have made sense if they're going to bring in that as a storyline to say, like, that's how he made it through the night with his superhuman stamina, even though he's, he can't even walk 10 feet usually. Yeah, he did math, and so he's up all night. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they're like, no, you can just think that. (laughs) Which, I mean, I guess that's the thing. They did explain it. They said, yes, conveniently, sometimes he isn't affected by it because he is taking drugs at strategic times to stay methed up for the battles. I keep calling it meth. That's inappropriate. (laughs) I'm sorry. This isn't Breaking Bad. I'll stop. (laughs) We don't know what drugs he's taking, old-timey drugs, but you get our drift. Also, just going to say at the top, I'm sorry for all the construction noise that's going on in the background of my recording. That's going to be the next few months. Yikes. Oh, man. Well, I can't hear it. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it will probably still come up in recording, because that's how recording works. You think that you've set up the perfect system of quiet... But you're wrong. Uh, you you being like the royal you. We're all wrong. Yes, we all yes. think that we've set it up correctly. And we're <laughs> all wrong. We are all wrong. <laughs> we're just trying our best. But we live in a world with other people. And sometimes those people like to build buildings on Saturday morning. Yeah, my the people in my world, some of those some people... Uh, for some reason, motorcycle gangs just go down my <laughs> quiet neighborhood street. Just a bunch of them all at once. They say, oh, it's time to go to the park near Raquel's house. 
Let's go. How do other podcasters do this quietly? That Do you just build a whole building for your podcast? Yeah, I think some people build just are so committed to the audio quality, which I respect the hell out of it. I respect the hell out of a person who gets that soundproofing material that they put up in a small cubicle of a room, and then they record it in that room. I I don't know if I will ever be that person. We'll try our best. We'll work our way up to that. But for now, I'm so sorry. Never listen to us with like Bose headphones. Oh man, I can't. Why would you ever? The <laughs> the mouth noises alone. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just put us on the speakers in your car. The objectively worst way to listen to a podcast and get what you get. <laughs> do you think anyone falls asleep to our podcast or do you think that my voice my grating voice would only keep someone up? <laughs> do you think <laughs> Our vocal fry just, like, (laughs) jolts them from the edge of sleep every time. They're just so close. And then Raquel's little lip smack comes right in as she (laughs) pronounces a P. (laughs) (laughs) No. Sorry. Sorry in advance for our existence. I don't know. I would guess that, no, people don't listen to us while they fall asleep because we're just too entertaining. We're just too good. Very funny. I will give us that. I will give you that. You make me laugh very consistently pretty much throughout the entire podcast episode every week. Good luck yeah, on editing also too. my own laughter. So <laughs> I la- I edit all of your laughs out so <laughs> people never think you laugh. So no so that you have no audience. Um <laughs> you could edit all of the laughter out of every episode and then we could both pretend like we don't think the other is the funniest person we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a quiet laugh trackless podcast, as if we both recorded our reviews of this show separately. And it just so happens to coincide that we leave a space for each other. That's what happens when you have the same brain anyway. So this is good. I'm glad we explained this. Yeah, this is probably fun audio. Also, this maybe (laughs) someone could sleep to perhaps. Yeah, this part, definitely someone fell asleep to. Yeah, hopefully not behind the wheel. Yeah, If you got it in just in yeah, that five minute span that we decided to pull those shenanigans. Congratulations. You did it. You're asleep. (laughs) Good night. Good night. (laughs) For the rest of you still sticking around, we've got, yeah, we've got a lot to go through. Should we go chronological or should we finale style? Though this is not actually the finale as much as I'm, as far as I'm aware. (laughs) I don't think this is the finale, but we could go finale style and go character by character of what happened. Um... It almost feels like it might be easier to go character by character. I have my very typical toxic urge to just start at the end and talk about Mm -hmm. how it ended, which I feel is also, I mean, that's very finale, but I also just feel that is classic. I immediately say, can we talk about the final of the most recent episode? The final of the, the finale of the the last five minutes, the cliffhanger of the most recent episode. Yeah. I think that's fine. Let's jump right into that, because that's the part I remember best. Okay. Yeah, because we just watched it. Some of us watched it less than an hour ago. (laughs) I watched it just last night. I guess I feel like the cliffhanger or final five minutes for both these episodes kind of tied together, and they were both standout moments where the end of episode 11 is the king telling Bong Wan, as a king, you were my uh, sharp sword and a strong shield. You were a great soldier. And as a father, you were less than nothing to me. You were the garbage under my shoe, and I hate you. You were simply a number, and that is all. Cool, Dad. Cool. Uh, what? <laughs> is this some kind of power move? Is this... A trick to get something? Good talk, Dad. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I so do love these times we spend together, papa. <laughs> I love that the follow-up was then, but maybe you can earn my love by doing this thing. And Bongwon being like, do you think that I think that's true anymore? I have believed that for literally 32 years. I don't know how old Bongwon is. I've believed that my entire life, and you told me in this moment that it has never once been true, but now suddenly I can earn your love if I do one more thing? My guy. Yeah, that uh, the king is somehow, against all of the odds, a more terrible and negligent parent than the man whose name just left my brain. Was it Namjan? That's the one! Okay, I thought there was a really cool juxtaposition between Nam Jones' dying moments and the final few moments of episode 12, where Nam Jones' last words to his son were, You did well. Objectively a beautiful thing to say. I'm so happy for Sono, but I started to get choked up and then I was like, No! They mean nothing. Those words are poison. Those words, like, you cannot live your whole life abusing your son and then be like, I loved you, my boy. Like, no. That's just another form of abuse because it is the, he used his final words to make sure that he would stay in, uh, Siano's brain. Just live in there rent free <laughs> that after all of the years of abuse, it's it's just so manipulative to make sure that he can never have a moment of peace because all of a sudden this man that was practically was worse than a stranger was an enemy to him despite being his father and happily played the enemy role to him up until his dying breath so up until that moment Xianho probably could have lived completely guiltlessly without his father in the world and now he got approval just that last minute you just remember like me my boy yep you're uh, just like me and i i approve of everything you did and no no and now live with that i'm, I'm out Peace. <laughs> don't you die on me now <laughs> don't you die on me now we are not finished talking like oh yeah but objectively you think it's like, it hits, like, a beautiful moment between father and son. And I thought the same with the king finding the crown prince dead, where, objectively, it's this beautiful, heart-wrenching scene of a father saying, why are you cold? Why are you on the ground? And you start to tear up. You're like, these two spent every waking moment together, I assume, since the crown prince was a child and moved to the castle. But you know that the king never thought of a single one of his children as anything more than pawns. Yeah, you know he, in your heart he has no love for any of them. Just like Bong Wan was the fifth child. Or, or any love he has is just fleeting and superficial, right? Because he was never quite enough... Uh, invested enough to actually remove Bong Wan from the situation when Bong Wan was being dangerous or threatening his other kids or, you know, being reckless or going against what he wanted or doing what he wanted but playing the scapegoat. He could never quite bring himself to actually stop Bong Wan from any of those behaviors. Um, even through me really drastic means, like, everyone wanted him to have Bong Wan executed or something, probably, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I'm making that up all of a sudden. I can't think of a time anyone was like, execute him, besides the queen. Oh, yeah, the queen all the time. <laughs> yeah, constantly. But, <laughs> but yeah, and he could easily play the, but he's my son card. But also, I, it just, but he's my son. But also, you've, you've only been number five to me. You've only uh -huh. been the fifth one. I don't really give a shit about what you do. Pretty cool with the sword, though. Good job. Good job with that. You are good at protecting me, watching my back. Until it comes time that you might actually want to kill me because I am the pits. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's an interesting scene with both of these dads and their children. I thought it was really, really well done because, like I said, it hits like the beautiful death of a father. 
but you know that it's not quite right in the context of who these people all are. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting to me that these people get these beautiful moments. These subpar fathers get these beautiful moments. And then the extremely good father, the good example to everyone in this show. There is not a single good character in this show that was not in some way molded and shaped and touched by Seogyeom. And uh, he got none of that. He got none of that with any of his children, his one million children that all respected the hell out of that man. <laughs> he got nothing. We hate to see it. And it, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting way to show some different kinds of fatherly love. I really liked it. Yeah, they do an extremely great job with that. And I also, I thought they did a great job with making me so sincerely feel for someone who up until this point was pretty much a non-character and it was the crown prince who got killed because he was, he has been, I mean, maybe the only other truer victim of fate besides him was young where there was nothing that either of those characters did wrong that led to the moment of their demise but both of them were on the fast track no matter what happened just based on complete circumstance yeah i think that's a good way to put it to compare him to yon because i think the scene that we get of the crown prince before his death and then the moment of his death, it's all just like, he's such a chicken nugget that you're like, you're going to go cry to your daddy? Aren't you supposed to be the king of this country tomorrow? And your only plan is to go ask daddy for help? He's like, oh, I don't want you to be the one in charge. Nobody wants you to be the one in charge except for Namjan, who is going to use you as a puppet because you're clearly just such a loser. <laughs> yeah, he was. But so I yeah, didn't he really didn't cry for him. But yeah, I think he didn't do anything he's a wrong. Pitiful character. Just, yeah, it's a bummer. But also, mm -hmm. like you said, I, I, I didn't. I didn't feel much for him other than just, yeah, at pity at, at the fact that he was... He is an interesting example of how everything was bad for everyone in history, no matter your position. No one had it good, because he was born into a position of power and wealth and prestige, and he had people coming for his throat from the time he was, I don't know, five, six years old. Uh... But the reverse of that, you're a peasant whose life doesn't matter and could be killed for a multitude of reasons at any given time, and society itself wouldn't care. Nobody's gonna remember Jan except for the people who knew her, and that's... Yeah. Yeah, it was really... That's a good comparison. Yeah. So, those two poor babies. Um... Yeah, they're Who gone. Else is gone. So no, just kidding. He's not gone. He's definitely going to survive that wound. Yeah, that. I mean, Moonbox said he would, so he will. <laughs> but the last words that he had, his his final words, your sword still feels affectionate. I wanted him to go to that. That was just really perfect. It was. That we said, had to kill him. I did not want Hui to be the person who had to kill his best friend. I did not want that for him at all. But he was blinded by rage. Oh, okay, wait, wait. If I start on the topic of Bang Wan, we'll never get off of it for the rest of the episode. So we should probably stick with what what we're doing with Xian Ho right now. Because that was a super okay. beautiful moment. And it deserves more than just me being like, but also, remember <laughs> when? <laughs> Okay, yeah, we have to finish talking about Sono and Hui, because I feel like it's so cool that we got back to the very first scene of this show. We came all the way back, we brought it full circle, and I think their fight was valid, but there is a big part of me that's like, that's what this show has been about, is who gets to kill Namjoon first, that's why you two are fighting. You best friends in the whole world have decided to kill each other to see who gets to kill Namjoon first. That's the point of the show. I 
am not in support. I do not like that. You're being so stupid. I want you to just be friends. Yeah, it was, um, it sucks, right? Because of the power they've given him in their minds, right? The, they have handed over so much of themselves to him. And obviously it isn't a positive way to hand themselves over. They want him dead, but they have completely, uh, I mean, placed on a pedestal isn't the right term, but it, I mean, he's on this throne in their minds and all they can think about is dethroning him. And it, he has completely conquered their ability to live, honestly, because they they can't think past it. They can't be friends. They can't have normal relationships. They can't even find it in themselves to survive if it is not to hunt and kill him. And it's just, I mean, that's a good villain, but it's pretty tragic if you think about it, where it, I mean, they aren't even truly fighting for anything, a cause or or good in the world. It is just a race to see who gets to cut him down and how. And like, yeah, like you explained, there are so many things about it that are interesting and intricate, but it just, I wanted more from them and their friendship than it entirely revolving around Namjan, which like you said, just makes him a better villain. So I, I'm not that mad. I get it. But I, oh, I'm just mad that they couldn't find a way to work together, you know? Yeah, it would have been cool to be united against that evil and to help keep that perspective of what really matters is, you know, their friendships and their relationships with between them, but also with other people like the good, good bandit boy crew. And I think that... I mean, Cheeto continues to be the absolute best character because he said it in a really good way. Uh, he he presented the facts to Hui in a very solid way of saying, just the same as you feel the loss of Yan and you only wanted her in this world to to be here and the way you cared about her, other people care about you. Oh my god, yeah! My guy, Cheeto, is... continues to be flawless. He's so good! When they inevitably take him from me, we have to turn the show off. We (laughs) I will talk about nothing past the death of Cheeto. There's no point. We do not go on without him. How can we? I love that these episodes were so much about everyone rallying around Hui and saying... You're getting really close to your goal. We see that. We support that. But we know that after your goal is finished, you don't plan to live anymore. And we don't think that's the right choice because we love you so, so much. Like, that's a beautiful thing. It's so good. And it's so needed because, yeah, again, he's he's completely invested in this one thing that's not even good. It's not even... Uh, it's not healthy and it doesn't I mean it benefits the world in the way that Namjan is a complete sociopath but who is on the fast track to controlling the the country through a a proxy king. Uh so you know that's good but that wasn't the purpose is no one said we can't let him run the country because he would run it into the ground. Uh, or when they did, it was almost just an addendum to, and also he ruined my life, so I'm going to ruin his. Yeah, I think, okay, rewriting the show a little bit, I think it would have been interesting if during that scene, the very first scene of the show, we had seen the our two main boys fighting. It's exactly the same, but then we get to the actual fight in episode 12 and it would be would it would it be possible for Hui to have never known Sono's reason for supporting his father would it not have been a really cool aha moment if they were fighting and then found out that Sono was trying to stop Hui so that he could be the one to kill his father and say 
he needs to die at the hands of his son so that he goes down in history as a traitor to the country and a really bad guy. If you kill him, he'll just go down as this martyr who just tried to protect the king and who he goes, oh my god, that's a such better plan than the one I had. And then they start to work together. That would have been I so much better. It. Yeah. It's perfect now. It was a small fix, but it made it perfect. So would that not have worked? Yeah. I also think that in that moment, it would have been so cool to have something like that because Sion Ho did say something when they met on the battlefield that for the first time I was like, okay, these are, that's a decent motivation to do something. Because when he was essentially drawing his sword to uh, shit, essentially his back, I'm so sorry. <sighs> uh, when he was drawing his sword to to start, you know, start the the fight fest, he said something along the lines of, I'm going to stop you. So I because if you complete this, I'll have your blood on my hands to I, I have to win so that you d do not die, essentially. Ah, damn. I thought that was really cool. Right. And it's not that that maybe hasn't been a motivation the whole time, but it was cool to see him finally communicate uh, in a, not even a friendship way, but it, it felt very sincere, even as he said it sarcastically, of, I don't want you to die. So you saying, don't worry, I'll be sure to kill myself after I kill my dad only means I need to fight harder to stop you, essentially. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was really... A lot of our listeners have emailed us about this show, a surprising amount. I think we've watched shows that I assumed were much more popular than this one. But My Country, The New Age has gotten us more emails than ever, and we thank you for every one of them. Yes. I think one of the most common threads is that you and I are way too harsh on Sono, and it's we super. need to lay off just a little bit, yeah. which is fair. People totally have brought fair. some very valid points to the table. Uh, yeah. Valid enough that I I totally understand. It gives me a level of perhaps empathy. No level of forgiveness. He's made too many choices that I made me far too angry. Essentially, damn it! <laughs> no one would even notice. I notice. I notice. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just... Oh, okay. That was the last one for this episode. That's it. Okay. We don't okay, do it I'll anymore. It. Line in the sand. <laughs> I have not forgiven him in any way. I still am angry with him all the time. Mm -hmm. I think that the points that our listeners have written in about regarding his decision-making skills are so valid and correct. He does not have great decision-making skills, and he has a history that did not set him up to have great decision-making skills. I haven't forgiven him, but boy howdy do our listeners know what they're talking about. And I'm always grateful for the additional perspective. I think it's we've had similar uh, drama experiences in the past where I felt one way, and then a listener wrote in, and I read it, and I said, oh, I actually feel this. This is my new opinion, <laughs> because this is very good. And yes, I I agree with our listeners. So we will never support Sono telling Hui I had a harder life than you, no. but we can start to understand some of the processing behind his decisions, and it makes it that much harder to watch this final scene where these two guys are very openly communicating what they want and they've openly communicated what they want and why they're both trying to kill Namjan before. But there is just no point where they can agree. Like, why is that? Yeah. I don't get it. I guess I would... It would be nice if they had found that point of agreement. I assume they will by the end. Who's to say? Probably right before one of them dies, they will find a point no! of agreement. They have to go into the sunset together. It would be beautiful. It would be a beautiful sunset with those beautiful boys and probably Hui Jae and 
probably the also, the other rowdy bandits. Mm-hmm. And but not Cheeto. And but not- oh no! Well, we wouldn't <laughs> we be talking that. about it in that case. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, the podcast would be over about this particular show. So. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh. I can't remember what I was saying, but it was something very... Oh, just that they'll they'll probably find a point of agreement, right? Mm. I wish it had been a little sooner, because I wanted their friendship to be maybe a bit more of a theme, or an aspect. Theme probably isn't the right word, but, but an element of this show, and it just hasn't been. It hasn't been for so long. It comes up fleetingly when they're about to make a decision... They clearly still care about each other, but they also have, they don't have enough space in their minds for each other. Because Nam Jong has taken up far too much of it. Yeah. So if they give us four more episodes of starting to forgive each other and learning to live together and work together, I would understand, I would be surprised if there was not a die hard, huge fan base for this show if that happens. And I don't think this show is that popular, so I don't think that's what's going to happen. But maybe even to, like, 5%. Just give us 5% forgiveness, (laughs) 5% understanding. Give us a little hint that there's a friendship budding. That could even be the finale of maybe maybe they're going to run off into the sunset together. Who's to say? We're not going to give you that, but you can picture it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy. I'd be happy. I would take that 5% and I would build a home with it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, because, yeah, I don't need... I love Hui and Bongwon's relationship. I think they have something really special. Another great bromance for the ages, which I love in the just the meta universe of this the meta understanding of this show is someone reading a history textbook and being like, what if Prince Bongwon had a best friend? And that, that best friend was really good at swords. He's a really good archer. He's really good at making friends. Let's just write a show about this best friend. I love it. <laughs> That's ador- This is the best piece of fan fiction I've ever read. It's, but, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, it is. It feels like fan fiction of history, right? <laughs> and I love it. I'm totally into Bongwon and Hui's relationship. But I'm also ready for Hui to say, we've kind of reached the end of needing each other. I might go off and live on my own now. Yep. Uh, with my other best friend. Sorry. Sorry. All, all best friended up now. <laughs> also my girlfriend, who I feel like... I understand why their romance has been just 1% of this show, but I also have a really hard time, mostly with Hui's battle with wanting to end it all with Namjoon, saying, I've got no reason, zero reasons that I can think of. I know, to bro. Go on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really, I love that you're. Your friends, your good guy friends, your bandit buds are constantly like, hey, like, we're here and we love you deeply. I needed that from this show. Break toxic masculinity. Is it not pretty obvious that you have a girlfriend? Yeah. Is that not any part of your consideration for life moving forward? Also mixed messages because you fully told her you'd come back alive and then you told everyone else to their (laughs) face that you were going to kill yourself as soon as you completed your goal. And what is that? That is What is that? That is really messed up to be such a different person to her. Well, I mean, what I I don't understand the motivations at all to tell her that. If if you if you're just going to then immediate I don't know what to believe first of all, I guess clearly. <laughs> I guess let's start with that. I don't know what to believe, and then we'll break it down into the, wow, that's actually really toxic level of, is it so that she'll continue helping you? Is it, do, do you mean it in the moment, but you don't mean, 
is your object permanence that bad that you do not remember that she exists until she shows up to help you out in a big fucking way? That's what it feels like, that she is, she's running this amazing business, which she clearly prioritizes and thinks a lot about, but I think she also prioritizes Hui even over the business. She's like, he is my number one reason for existence and for getting so much power he is my guy, the love of my life, and I'm going to do it all for him. And he, on the opposite end, I don't think he needs to meet her at that level. That is not necessary for a good relationship. I hope he can someday, but I understand being like, he's pretty wrapped up in his sister and the revenge storyline and all this other stuff he's got going on. He doesn't prioritize this lovely romantic relationship right now he'll get there eventually but it is weird to say that he completely forgets about it whenever he's gone whenever she's gone yeah i just don't understand that at all don't make it part of the show if he doesn't actually give a shit except when she's around we don't need that we could just have a badass woman who doesn't have a romantic storyline and is not involved but maybe cares about the fate of the country and supports someone and decides that she's going to use the resources to dictate the outcome you don't have to make it romantic if you don't want it to be but you're making it sad by forcing it to be romantic and then being like hey he forgot who she was he's gonna (laughs) kill himself but maybe he will come back to her, but he's not gonna. He's told he's everyone else he's to. not going to. He's not gonna do that. <laughs> Don't do that to her. You have made us love Huijay unconditionally. She is the best character. And then you turn around and you're like, but Hui doesn't. He's he's kind of leading her on. He's kind of <laughs> leading her on. No. no. Unacceptable behavior. She deserves a lot more than that. She doesn't... I'm not even saying she deserves the world, but she definitely deserves to not have complete disregard paid to her needs and wants and desires when she's not on screen. Insanity. But like you said, they could have chosen a different kind of relationship. We have the beautiful relationship between her and Gyol. Yeah shined in these episodes i gave him a little bit of flack last episode and he was like i'm coming back i'm coming back in a big way yep he said now's my time i it let's show up and he showed up he showed up i love gil we've always loved gil and when we wanted more from him he gave us more yeah see that's the thing is we set our expectations And when he failed to meet them, we expressed that. And then he said, all right, you're right, I'm capable. And then he did it. (laughs) He did it. He did so good. (laughs) And I think there have been so many opportunities for this show to establish maybe he has a crush on someone at Iwaru. Maybe he has a crush on Huijay even. Like, she's a young, beautiful lady around his age, I think. Who's to say? It would have made sense. But we would have hated it, and I'm very grateful that they've very clearly drawn a line of professionalism in their relationship. They could have done the exact same thing with Hui Jay and Hui. Yeah, if you didn't want it to be romantic, flip it. Gyul gets to be the man she's in love with. I don't think she needs a romantic storyline. I take that back. She doesn't need it. She is valid she without a romance. She is still the best character in this show without any romantic involvement whatsoever. And it would have been really interesting and not something I've seen before to have a female lead who doesn't have any romantic interests. She's just gaining power and she does it would I think she could do all these same things for Hui without being in love with him, just saying his dad did me a big favor and I think he's as good a boy as his dad, so I'm picking his team, not yeah. one of these stupid princes, not the king. I pick this guy. I'm she gonna could support him. Be like Cheeto. That's exactly what he is. He says, Hey, yes. I knew his dad. His dad was the best person I've ever met. And I owe him my life. And so in return, I will give his son my life. And how how dope would that have been? Chino and Huijay are pretty much the same person. Except, <laughs> except one of them 
is in a kind of bummer romantic relationship. They can they can hopefully bring it back. I think they can fix this. But I'm mad that part of the show was we constantly telling everybody, I'm gonna die after this is finished, and then constantly telling Hui J, wait for me, I'll be back. Yeah. My guy, I hate you. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> um... I find it... So there is one thing. Is there anything we haven't talked about? I mean, do we want to talk more about Hui Jae? I feel like she didn't actually... Here's the thing. Everything she did in these episodes was flawless. There wasn't actually a bunch. She did some a couple big things, but it wasn't super Progress focused on... Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just really cool how she saved Bong Wan's life and everyone who sided with him by lighting up a big old roadblock. That was pretty mm-hmm. dope. And taking control of the communication systems the night that the war was starting. Also very dope. Two very dope things. I don't feel like I I need to talk too much about them, though. D- did you want to talk no. more about them? Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, She's just doing good. Okay. So the last person that I want to focus a lot of time, attention, and energy on is Bong Wan. Dope. You've got like 10 minutes until my computer dies, so give that your all. Let's go! Your time to shine. Monologue for 10 minutes. uh, 10 minutes. It's just Raquel. Just kidding. (laughs) That would be a nightmare. Please don't leave me here, Emily. (laughs) It would not be a nightmare, but I am logging off. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) I don't want to hear about Bong Wan. Thank you. <laughs> He's so good. I do want to hear about Bong Wan. I want to talk about Bong Wan. Okay. Dope. Because he has become... He's made it into the list of my favorite morally gray characters. Yes! He's there. He did it. He got there. I am so stoked on him. I hope he doesn't become the next villain that they have to take down and kill. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't even necessarily be deeply disappointed. I just don't want it to happen because I am enamored by him. And I think that he does a great job of being both a good guy and a bad guy. Morally great. Perfection. He's doing it. I think one of the moments that solidified him as my favorite, as such a good Hall of Fame morally great character is, was his speech to his men the night that they were going to go out and fight and saying, each one of you has to survive. That is your goal for the night. It is not winning. It is not getting me on the throne. It is not whatever, which obviously was a bit of a a bit of a mislead. He knew most of them were going to die and that his goal was to get on the throne. But to say to them, my priority is you surviving the night was a really unexpected speech. And I liked it. Yeah, that's a boss that puts their people first. <laughs> like, yeah, there's Beautiful. a business to run. But also, he cares about the people who are helping him run the business. Yeah. And I think that was a really defining moment for his character. Yeah, that was that was a very solidifying moment. There was also, I loved the moment where he decided, after everything he had been through with his dad, of being the scapegoat, the willing scapegoat, so that his father could be a spotless king and maintain power on his terms, essentially. Oh, man. I ruined it. <laughs> Edit that out. Okay. (laughs) I made a promise and I broke it. Uh, So I think it's really cool that he turned around and stood up and said, all of the bloodshed that happens here and now will be by my hands. And if anyone wants to defy me, I will absolutely take you down, but it's going to be me. It's not going to... I'm not using someone else to... To, to essentially do my dirty work. <laughs> yeah. Complete opposite of his dad, who had him kill Poon, which I think came up a, a wonderful amount of times in these episodes, how much Bong Wan struggled with that death, because it was something that was introduced a few episodes ago, and we didn't really get it. We did some research in that 
filled in some blanks, but I think the show, in the context of this fictional universe, did an amazing job of saying, here's how Bong Wan was affected by that murder, here's how he's emotionally dealing with it years later, and it's not great. Yeah, he had seen death before, but this was a different type of murder that he had to commit. And it was a had to, but no one will acknowledge that. No one will ever give him the credit, including the person who did say, yeah, you. this isn't an order, but you have to do this for me. If you love me as my son, as my favorite son, <laughs> but also just my like fifth son, but like my favorite guy. You could be my favorite son if you did this. Yeah. Do you, did you want to be my favorite son? Because I was thinking there was this thing that I need done that I can't do and I can't tell anyone to do it, but I'm letting you know that it would be nice if it happened. If someone did it, that person would be my favorite son. And also I'm the king. And I mean, you get it, my guy, my son, <laughs> my maybe favorite son. <laughs> That I can't it's do this. It's for the best. For the family. <laughs> it's for the family if you do this. So you have to, but it's not an order. But you have to if you want me to go. love you. <laughs> go. Go do. Go do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and you. The absolute mindfuckery that that is. Right? <laughs> and I, I think that's why I liked that he stole the kill from both Hui and Sono. I... In the moment, you're like, that is unacceptable, my dude. <laughs> they tried to kill each other over this. But once he explains, like, you never get over this kind of death, which is interesting because he's like, you never get past killing your friend's father. And I was like, he just killed his friend, though. <laughs> he did just run a sword through his the friend. father would be the hard part. <laughs> but I guess it yeah. seems like it is. I, in that moment, actually, as soon as that happened, realized that at least for this episode, just this episode, even though he's very gray, because yes, a, a young man who had no crime other than the being born into the role that he was, did get murdered, technically, by Bong Wan. That said, he felt like the hero of this episode when he murdered Nam Jong and took off that burden from these two dumb boys who had given so much power to this abusive maniac and to just say that that was nothing. Don't don't think about it. It's done. I did it. And now you don't have to live with the guilt or the weight that he's still alive. He's gone. He's done. Beautiful. Perfect. So the hero of the I that's why maybe that's why I don't want him to become a villain. Because he was the hero we needed in this episode. Yeah, that's why we can't look up real history. Because what if real history is like, he was a maniac. He was the worst king that Korea ever had. <laughs> but we live in this beautiful fan fiction world that says he didn't kill Poon because he was a madman and evil. He killed Poon because he was unofficially ordered to by his big mean dad. And he's kind of a good guy, because he had a best friend named Hui, who's also a good guy. And Hui's dad was kind of like Bong Wan's dad sometimes. And Hui said he did well and that he's proud of him. So he can't be bad, because... He can't be bad. He's not. He's going to be a good boy king. And we're excited to see that in the context of this fictional universe. <laughs> can't wait. There's Can no we? way that that's going to be taken away from us. No possible way. They wouldn't. Otherwise, we will rewrite this show. That we is will. the only threat we have. <laughs> I won't rewrite the history of the Joseon dynasty if you take this away from me. I will do it all. Okay, <laughs> don't come for me. That's all I had to say. Me too. Thank you, don't. everyone. For Thank you, Emily, for... <laughs> First and foremost, thank yeah. you to Emily for editing out all the essentialies. Yeah, that's probably the most important work that any of us could be doing, because <laughs> boy, howdy, were there a lot. 
<laughs> but also thank you because I think I went into this episode completely unrelated to this show. Totally just other real life stuff in a pretty bad mood. And I'm coming out of it in a substantially better mood because this was a lot of fun. So thanks for putting up with me. And also thanks for just being my friend. I can say it even though Sianho and Hui can't. Oh, thanks for being my friend. Thanks for doing this podcast with me. I was in a good mood going into this episode, and I'm in an even better mood coming out because I like this show, but I like you even better. Yeah. Oh, this is good. This is good. If you guys like this show, and if this episode put you in a good mood, or if it you're just neutral, you're the same as you came in and left the same both times, the weirdest way to say that. You can always <laughs> write into us or change our minds about something. Like we said, we've received lots of emails for this drama, and all of them have been thoughtful and well put together and beautiful, and they give us new perspective. And that's super important because otherwise it would just be us shouting in what's it called when two people shout at each other when they have the same opinion? Do you know? I don't know. It's echo chamber. Oh. Echo chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com if you wanted to present a new opinion. I'm going to stop shouting out our socials because we genuinely never check them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so probably good. Just, we'll, we'll just skip right to the website, which we do check. We update regularly. All of our past episodes are on there. And any comments you leave are forwarded to our emails, so we get notified of them instantly. You can also find our affiliates there if you want to build your skills through Skillshare, watch some different dramas through NordVPN, or start your own podcast with Blueberry Podcast Hosting. You can use our affiliate links to support the show while you do those things. That's all at playonk.com. Yeah, if you wanted to support the show for zero dollars and you didn't need any of those very cool affiliates that we have available, so if you do need them, check them out. But if you don't and you just wanted to do us a good turn, you could leave a rating and review or subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Uh, any combination of those things goes a really long way in helping us out. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us, and it is zero dollars. Yeah! Thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you next week with episodes 13 and 14 of My Country, The New Age. Yeah! Okay, bye! Okay, bye!